0: hey my friends it's dr dipika krishna and welcome to the special episode of dr d show hey i am dr dipika krishna and i'm honored to bring world leaders doctors wellness coach and various information in the field of health and wellness with this podcast I have spent the last 15 years studying the human body, treating, learning, speaking, and coaching literally on the top levels on the topics of lifestyle, health, immunity, mindfulness, and much more. My goal is inspired by my own personal journey and my mission, which is to help you and my audience live, love, thrive, which is to feel more vibrant, more healthier, more confident in every area of your life if you like today's episode click a screenshot share it on instagram and tag me at dr. Deepika Krishna so that i can see you and give you a shout out or send a hi If you want to go to another level of your health through lifestyle modification and holistic approaches, then book a one-to-one session with me or our expert team of doctors and nutritionists only on www.immunosciences.in. It's time to level up my friend and reset your health to the next level and find your authentic awesome self and health again. So go click on www.immunosciences.in and let us support you in your health and wellness journey. Now, without further delay, let's jump straight into today's episode. Hello, today we have a very interesting guest and we would be talking about hormones, nutrition and a lot of things. Uh, do you know, how much fiber to eat and uh, which diet to follow, keto, paleo or uh, uh, gluten free. there's a lot of confusion and we all get fascinated with a lot of um, you know new things which I, whatever is in the market. So let's find out these things and more talk more about hormones about, uh, with today's doctor uh, Leah Austin. Dr. Leah Austin is a private general practitioner, a nutritional therapist based out of London. She specializes in supporting chronic health problems. Digestive health, hormonal health, bioidentical hormones, women health, weight problems, nutrigenomics, and anti-aging, as well as optimizing general health and preventive medicines. So yes, that's a lot of things. Let, let's. Uh, I'm sure the conversation would be interesting. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I am very good. Thank you so much for taking time for you know today's conversation. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me to talk
1: on here. It's great to meet
0: you. Yes, I was uh, going through your Insta Live, which is very informing as well. So you know that's what we decided. Let's let's do one for our um, you know people in India and let's talk more about uh, hormones and diet and nutrition. And everything. Yeah. So I have given a bit introduction about you. Why don't you uh, tell something about yourself to our audience today? Well,
1: well I'm Dr. Leah
0: and I'm a GP and I'm an nutritionist in London.
1: And um, so GP would be a family doctor. I presume that's, I don't know whether you have the term GP in India, but it would be mm-hmm. a family doctor or internal medicine in the US anyway. Mm-hmm. And I study naturopathic nutrition after I qualified as a GP. And then now I um, amalgamate the two and I integrate the two, two. So I manage people and find the root cause of their problems and at least offer them a different path. So there may be, uh, you know, let's say it's a, a typical medical problem. Then you may want to look at the root cause of if they're getting re- recurrent infections or there's something going on there. If, if you're needing antibiotics every year then you might want to consider, okay, is there something going on with my immune system? Why am I needing antibodies every year? And, you know, you've got the side effects of the medication as well. So something to consider.
0: Yeah, that's true. In fact, for that matter, Dr. Leah, even, uh, you know, I have also done my medical and after that, because there was not a lot of scope with health and with my health as well. Uh, So, you know, I discovered and I did Diploma in Integrative and now doing uh, nutrition during the lockdown, um, (laughs) (laughs) again, a Diploma course. But yes, uh, I I have seen that, you know, doing some lifestyle changes and uh, health and with so nominal minimum thing, you see a huge benefits out there. I mean, mm. it is very effective. So Dr. Leah, we have some questions from our audience, which has started flowing in already. And I have received some in my DM, which we have noted down for you to, uh, you know, have a quick conversation. Starting from the first one, which is, you know, for our senior citizens. And how much fiber do they eat and how do they add fibers in their food? Because, you know, uh, with age, the metabolism really gets difficult. So what is your recommendation and uh, how do they add fibers in their diet? That's a great question. So
1: um, I think it starts with understanding your body. because everyone's body is slightly different. And if you, you know, you want to be looking at your stools, so making sure that you've got regular bowel movements every day and making Mm. sure they're nicely formed. So formed, meaning they're soft, but they're not too soft and they're not too hard. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be daily and it needs to be a nice, good amount rather than just a small little amount in the in the loo like a, um, a string you don't want things like that you want a nice formed stool bowel movement and that's so important and if you're getting daily bowel movements and it's nicely formed and soft then you're probably getting the right amount of fiber already however if you want to look at good healthy approaches to getting that a good amount of fiber you want to be looking at things like you know vegetarian lots of vegetables So i just say try and aim for three or four different types of vegetables with each meal, making it a rainbow color. Um, Pulses and beans and lentils are all good sources of fiber as well. But make sure they're cooked properly, because if you don't cook them properly, then they could be difficult to um, digest. And I always say add in um, 75 to 50 to 75 grams of cruciferous vegetables, which are your broccoli, your bok choy, your cabbage, your kale. Uh, They're really good for um, the immune system and um, liver detoxification and also bowel movements and fiber. Um, Mm -hmm. However, some people can't handle that much fiber because they can get bloated and uncomfortable. So everyone's slightly different. But if you are getting bloated with eating that type of meal with loads of veggies, and you're not having regular bowel movements, and it's something that's important to get checked with your um, with your health professional, and find out what's going on in your digestive system.
0: Correct, correct. And uh, what do you uh, suggest about you know vegetarian and vegans who have a bit of problem in digesting uh, vegan protein like pulses and all? Have seen a lot of um, you know patients of mine who have this kind of issues with the bloating. Do you do you suggest them some uh, digestive uh, or what? What do you recommend in
1: if they're they're having bloating well I I think it's important you can take a history and I guess it depends where you're getting the bloating if you're getting the bloating higher up or if you're getting it lower up obviously everyone's different I do like to do a functional stool test but with obviously there's a little expense with that so some with some patients I I talk them through their history as long as their medical tests have been normal so Mm -hmm. making sure that you've tested something called a calprotectin which is um, in the stool you can and that's an inflammatory marker so if that's raised it could be something like an inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis if that's normal that's reassuring but I'd also check blood tests and maybe a culture detect there's no bacterial infection and um, the other thing is you can t- test elastase so that's a digestive enzyme yes. um, to see if you've got enough elastase and that helps break down protein so it, it really d- depends on um, that person, but you need oh, yes. to advise. I think with each ma- meal, you can look at it from a naturopathic and nutrition approach, making sure that you know you smell your food, you chew your food really, really mm-hmm. well, you taste it um, before before swallowing, because you know these yes. days people are already or, and sit down and sit upright. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. These days,
1: yeah, these days people are rushing around, right? They're, you know, they're eating on the go. They're eating at the desktop, on computers. So it really can affect our digestive system that way.
0: That's so true. In fact, Ayurveda says to be mindful. Ayurveda, which is an Indian practice, it says that to be mindful while eating. And how to do that, that whenever you're sitting down with your food Mm. in front of you, switch off all the distraction and just give a small prayer, you know, small gratitude. So Mm -hmm. what it does, it calms down your cortisol and it starts secreting all the digestive enzymes, you know, when you know that Mm -hmm. there is no flight or fright Mm -hmm. thing. And also, you know, uh, also it says, like you said, that, you know, observe the food, watch the color. Feel the texture on the tongue, you know, and Mm -hmm. especially if you're eating with hand, you know, we also recommend eating with hand in India because Mm -hmm. it has got its own benefits. So feel the texture, you know, uh, observe Mm -hmm. the color, just roll the food, you know, like we taste the wine, just roll Mm -hmm. the food around Mm -hmm. your palate. So, yes, it's an excellent practice. And I think what it does that it also cut down your time so you eat slow and obviously mm-hmm. that leptin hits in and then you know uh you are satisfied easily so yes mm-hmm. that works away but uh dr leah what, what do you recommend about i mean uh, can the elders also have the digestive enzymes uh the lactose the one you said it is mm-hmm. safe for them as well like 60 plus 70 plus
1: yeah so as you get older you know unfortunately our acid levels um, go down. And, you know, you need good acid levels in our stomach. And we, we do know that as you get older, you're more at risk of getting something called B12 deficiency. And B12 deficiency can then lead to um, decrease in red blood cell make production, and then could influence having anemia. So mm-hmm. it's very important for the elderly to make sure that they, they chew their food well and get the digestion going. But there's things like digestive bitters, and even apple cider vinegar, and yeah. um, with water 10 to 15 minutes before you eat can help um, increase that acid level and get the digestion ready for absorbing mm-hmm. those nutrients. As well as um, I like betaine. Betaine. And it's, you can get it in a capsule form in the UK and you mm-hmm. can take you, you basically the way you're supposed to take it is take enough capsules until you feel a warming sensation in the tummy. And that's when you know you're at the right level. However, yeah. I think it's challenging, challenging to really know it without exact exact, the exact <laughs> quantity yeah. and the amount that's mm-hmm. right for you. But obviously, if you do get or heartburn symptoms, you know, before, then um, then that's not advisable. And make sure that you get a checkup with your usual, you know, health pet professional. To, yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: Uh, very satisfied answer eh? I mean also I really like the fact which you said that you know poops are very important <laughs> because mm-hmm. yes one needs to watch I mean do not ignore guys I mean whenever you're done just watch your poop <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: actually is very
0: important <laughs> so uh, moving to the second question is that what kind of fat is okay to eat I mean I think uh, we meant here that you know just could, could uh, throw some light on healthy fats mm-hmm. which one can have in every day and with their meals or without meals Mm-hmm. What, what do you recommend that
1: so cooking um specifically I know that in India you use a lot of ghee um, mm-hmm. maybe coconut oil as well, which I think is ba- absolutely fine for cooking you just need to be wary that you're not putting lot like um you know cupfuls of ghee into it because you obviously want you don't want to have it really high in saturated fat and that's something to right. bear in mind and saturated fat um can impact uh, the body um, you know if you have too much of it and you know unfavorable cholesterol and that's you want the favorable cholesterol Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: the favorable cholesterol things that help with that is you know extra virgin olive oil um, organic and I wouldn't necessarily cook with it I mean if you're cooking a soup then you can only reach a certain temperature so, um, it's, it's a bit, the olive oil is stable on low temperatures, but when you're in heating, um, the pan and it's a frying pan and you put olive oil there, it actually changes the property of the, the good, point. the quality of the olive oil. So actually I recommend adding the olive oil out after the meal, after, so after cooking, so steaming vegetables, then add an, a drizzle of olive oil, but cook with your stable fats, which is saturated fat, but just make sure you limit it and make sure you don't add too much. Yeah. Um, and then the other you know fats such as the avocados, seeds nuts yeah
0: and what's your take on um, the current uh, you know this thing which is called bulletproof uh, coffee or you know <laughs> having everything bullet, you know, which is a part of keto but I think a lot of people are overdoing mm-hmm. it what's your take on that and how healthy or unhealthy it is Okay well I'm not
1: completely against it um, for me specifically I know that I don't do too well on coffee so I have to I, although I love it
0: mm-hmm. I know
1: that I can't have too much of it so I definitely don't have it every day uh, maybe a couple of times a week just I really enjoy it when I have my coffee but mm-hmm. um, bulletproof coffee just for those of people who don't know what bulletproof coffee is coffee bulletproof coffee is where you 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 have your black coffee
0: and you add butter and cream i believe and yes, mct oil which MCT is a oil. derivative of coconut oil so yes, yes you add that and then you mix it and then have it <laughs> but i think it's quite filling although but, yeah actually, uh,
1: so i had i think it's about five or six hundred calories or something i i don't know for sure because it's not something that i i practice but if you're having that in the morning and that's all you're having what you could be you're actually giving yourself your body fat so it's energy um and it's hot ha- if it is that mct and and butter or saturated that's sat- mainly saturated fat so mm-hmm. you need to think about the other fat content for the rest of your day if you're not doing the keto processor diet diet but even if you are doing a keto type diet you want to be doing a healthy p- form of keto diet because i think there's there's two different ones. You can be really healthy mm-hmm. and be really unhealthy with the keto diet. Yeah. So the, the health, yeah, the healthy mm-hmm. version would be lots of the omega three type fish oils um, and the good fats, such as the mm-hmm. avocado, the nuts, the seeds, the, you know all those good fats, rather than high meat, protein, saturated fat, which can be um, more damaging or more inflammatory mm-hmm. to the body.
0: Because, you know, I've seen a lot of patients who are doing keto and eventually they are ending up with a high LDL level, you know, mm-hmm. which is, because like you said, you, uh, everyone is not following the exact, they are just going with the fan, mm-hmm. you know, how do keto and have keto and everything. So yes, uh, Gaito, third question, what is there is, in, uh, okay, how to one deal with an unintentional weight loss, or mm-hmm. I like to add weight gain as well and you know particularly how, what role does hormones play in this
1: mm-hmm. okay so particularly well,
0: yeah. at the age of you know uh, post 40 where yeah. we have a lot of hormone imbalance mm-hmm. so uh, how do one deal with the uh, unintentional weight loss or weight gain
1: okay so well, it obviously very personalized so you got to think about why you know first of all weight loss so mm-hmm. if you if you, was it if it was unintentional Then you know, are you under a lot of stress? um, You know, at the at the time because if you are on acute stress, you tend to lose a lot of weight very quickly. Or if you've got a heartbreak, or you know that causes a lot of stress as well. So you've got to understand why. And if if there isn't a specific reason why you're losing weight, or you can think of a reason, then you. In fact, I would always advise you to go and get a checkup uh, with the blood tests um, because Mm -hmm. it could be a thyroid issue. Maybe you've turned overactive. Um, it could be something else that's going on in your body and it's so important to check um, for weight loss and I think that um, they would you know do some bloods they may do a chest x-ray as well they may you know do a colonoscopy and, or, or stool test to check um, your bowel movements um, so that's first important to rule out any other underlying causes so diagnoses that could be causing antich- and to help you know to to put that weight back on again Then, you know, you want to be really concentrating on what you're eating and making sure you're adding those good fats to every meal. And the good fats, the reason I say add fats is good fats, though, is because um, fat is a high um, caloric, um, calorific intake. So they're the higher calorie density. So, you know, adding a tablespoon or two tablespoons of olive oil is going to be up to, you know, to, to your meal is going to be easier to eat than adding a whole cup full of beans and probably the same amount of calories. Exactly. So then then you need to be adding that that with good, good healthy food, uh, balanced meals and adding the good fats to each meal. And that's what I would, that's the way I would tackle it. Um, mm-hmm. Some people would say, oh, no, it's, it's way more important to get the calories in. So just... Take It it depends how much you're weighing um, as well, because if you're really, really low in weight, um, it does come to a point where, okay, getting the calories in is way more important than what I'm eating. Then, you know, you're thinking about things like dairy, cream, you know, all the saturated fats, ice cream, even some people suggest. I don't like to advise that, but it depends where you're at. And if you're getting dangerously low, then just getting food into you is the most important thing.
0: Thank you so much. And uh, what about the hormones, so, you know, like, you know, post 40, a lot of uh, females, they deal with, you know, uh, hormonal imbalances. And that also uh, causes you know unnecessarily weight gain or difficult to lose certain kind of weight. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people who are doing keto or paleo or, you know, other kind of diet thing, but they are still not able to uh, lose weight. Uh, and Mm. what is your take about does this uh, have any relation with the hormones or you know it's just the metabolism what what do you Mm. say in that
1: I yes I always think that there's something underlying it uh, and you have to take the body as a whole so are you sleeping are you sleeping and are you getting good quality sleep as well Mm -hmm. because it's so important to get eight hours sleep a night to reset your hormones for the next day so that they can work properly so if you're not sleeping well maybe that's that could be the reason exercising, some people, I've, I've, I've seen it time and time again, where women and men, they're like, well, I'm exercising, I'm, I'm doing HIIT training, really high intensity, I'm eating really well, really healthy foods, I'm drinking plenty of water, you know, I'm drinking mm. two litres of water a day. So these are all sort of really important, but you tend to stress the body too much. And if you're, and also there is some studies, and if you burn more than 400 calories a day with exercise, you tend to overcompensate with eating more calories um, mm-hmm. than you should, than you have actually burned, and you, it's just the the body's natural state. It wants to replenish the calories that it's burnt off, and it's feeling tired, so you tend to eat more. So there is definitely a sweet spot for um, for lose for weight loss, and I find that um, so you you need to reduce that stress. So for me, I find that especially women, I tend to you know really really draw back the exercise to low intensity tr- exercise. So walking, brisk walking, keeping their heart rate around 120 to 145 beats per minute. So it's kind of steady state cardio mm-hmm. and um, making sure they're having the balanced meals three a day and not snacking yeah. and making sure they're getting enough sleep. And if you do want to do the you know reduced eating times, I tend to advise um, eating a, a bigger meal for breakfast and or lunch and having a very light meal for dinner, um, and and the studies and the evidence is is that that helps with weight loss and improves the hormone function the next day. Yeah,
0: okay. In your bio, I read about uh, your bio uh, that you are specialized in bioidentical hormones. Mm-hmm. Could you throw some light on that and what it is? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what those... are the hormones which are bioidentical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: so sadly, you know, we all as women. We do go through the change, but men also can get depleted in hormones as well, but mainly women. And I feel that, you know, that, you know, what happens is that our eggs, we only have a certain number of eggs to release. And once we released our our last few eggs, then we go through something called menopause. And what happens in menopause is that that our two main hormones, estrogen and progesterone, goes really down. And then we tend to gain weight, our thyroid becomes underactive. And um, then we talk about bioidentical, then we talk about hormone replacement. So Mm -hmm. bioidentical would fit in hormone, the hormone replacement therapy category. Now there's two different types of hormone replacement. Well, Some people say synthetic and non-synthetic. Now bioidenticals are mainly uh, made from plants. And they basically are made in a lab from plants and they are structured the same as what your hormones were structured as. So in theory, you will metabolize them exactly the same way. You basically detoxify or metabolize them exactly the same way that you would do your normal hormones that you would have had Mm -hmm. when you were before the menopause. Mm -hmm. Now, the synthetic or equine type hormones are man-made and they tend to be chemicals or horses from made from mm-hmm. horses urine, and don't tend to follow the same metabolic pathway as what the uh, bioidentical pathway, pathway, uh, metabolic pathway would have shown. You know, followed yours. Mm-hmm. So it's really harder to measure. Plus, um, if you take equine, which is horses horse from horse horse um, hormones, um, you tend to go more down when you metabolize um, the estrogen it's so important to metabolize it to a favorable pathway. And I won't go into too much detail, but in the equine um, source of hormone, estrogen, if you get it from there, um, then it tends to go the un- down the unfavorable metabolic pathway. So it incre- increases risk of DNA and RNA damage if you've got too much of it. And there is, a, there is evidence for that. So, so, so I prefer and I recommend so much more the bioidentical Plus, the other thing to add is the estrogen. But when you're going when you're going uh, perimenopausal, postmenopausal, it's always to have transdermally because it's the safest way to take the bioidentical. Um, And usually it's either E2 or E2 and E3 mix. And that doesn't increase your risk of any blood clots. Whereas if you take it orally, there is more of an increased risk of blood clots, um, and that's what you don't want to increase. Um, obviously, that does come with, your ri- with the risks, but you can measure how you're metabolizing that estrogen, which is great. So, so you can get to the right level for you, and also how you feel. Progesterone, you would the micronized. It's called micronized progesterone. You would take that orally at nighttime.
0: And uh, do we have any, um, you know, when we, when we come to vitamin, mineral, uh, nutraceutical angle, do we have something which we can uh, use instead of a hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. or, you know, um, the bioidentical thing? Do we have any pill which we can pop in, uh, in, in the, on the lines of uh, nutrition? <laughs> it's 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 challenging you
1: won't get anything to the level of your um of what you can get with bioidentical hormones um but there, there are protective we didn't talk about protect i didn't talk about protective measures and why you would take it obviously it's the symptoms to help with you know if you've got hot yeah. flashes and tired not sleeping properly because that can all happen weight gain can all happen if you're going through the change and the violent hormones will bring you back those hormones so you don't get those symptoms which is amazing but it also protects you from getting osteoporosis and it's a cardiovascular protector um, which means that when you go through the change and when you have no hormones um, especially for women you're increasing your risk of a heart attack or stroke and if you take the hormones especially you know you need you need both uh, Uh, well you only need both actually if you have a wound but um that then also protects your you from a heart attack or stroke which is amazing but you know you need to be drinking two liters of water a day as well um and um supplements wise natural ones there are natural things you can take to try and support your you going through the change if you want to do it naturally um but the evidence that's out there about them, I don't think, is strong enough to say. It, you know, the, there is enough to confirm Once. that it's that you know that's really going to help. I do have some patients that want to go down the natural route, and that's absolutely fine. And we can mm-hmm. try the natural route and make sure that you're you're you've got your basically you're not got any nutrient deficiencies, yes. um, and you know you've got plenty of B vitamins, zinc. And then also, you know, you've got um, which will help with the way your body copes with going through the change, and that's so important. And you know, the rest of your metabolism and what's going on, and hormone production, as well as reducing stress. And then the the herbs would be, you know, I'm sure you know the herbs um, like black cohosh, dong mm-hmm. dong dong quai. Um, there's a few of them out there, but again, there's no set because everyone's every body's react. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody is different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but then
1: in theory, if you take that, you still have. I would still make make sure that you're monitored because if it could have some sort of impact on your hormones, so you should be getting a blood pressure check. You should be getting your breasts, you know, checked regularly. And even I recommend a transvaginal ultrasound scan, so a pelvic scan to look at your ovaries and your uterus at least every eighteen months, especially Mm -hmm. through the change, because it's not. You know, it's, it's non, there's not giving you any radiation. It's, not, it's really non-invasive, very easy to do. And, you know, the risk, the, it, there is an increase of um, ovarian and um, uterine cancer on the rise because we're not, well, in the UK, it's not mandatory to have a pelvic scan. But yeah. if you're on hormones, I always recommend getting one um, at least every 18 months. And if you are postmenopausal, I, I would maybe get one every every couple of years just to check. Oh. Because it is on the rise. Because we don't monitor it, we don't screen for that.
0: Yes, that's absolutely correct. I mean, uh, monitoring your body, monitoring your hormones is very important. And like you said, you know, even if you are popping up any supplements, yeah. it should be uh, you know guided. It should be taken care of because uh, uh, like there are endless supplements in the market, mm-hmm. and all the entire knowledge. The google god have and then you know people are just which is very disheartening you know i mean uh there should be proper medical as, advice even when you are p- taking any supplements because every supplement and everything has certain kind of recommendation and mm-hmm. everybody is different so yes uh, guys just please be careful whenever you are taking any supplement do not take it uh, without any uh, recommendation or any advice yes okay so the, we have a question which says that how do one follow a healthy lifestyle and you know how can we cut down the uh regular uh, lifestyle medications like you know the diabetes mm-hmm. cholesterol your blood pressure do do you can you just you know tell us a healthy lifestyle pattern <laughs> take
1: us through? so i would if, if you if sometimes it's a big change and when it's a big change um, then it, and also everyone's different. Some, yes. some people are, you know, very good and they can just change and that's it, done. You've mm-hmm. done the change. When you see and understand why you need to change, some people are very good. And you will know if you're one of those people, which is great if you can do that. But a lot of people tend to need to form habits first. So I would take one thing at a time. So let's say if you want to work on sleep first. Yeah. You know, then I would work on the sleep first and get that down and 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 do that for a couple of weeks first, and get your yeah. routine going. And once you've you've got that down, making sure that you're drinking water, even two liters to th- two to three liters a day, and depends on how hot and how much exercise you're doing. So making sure that you're getting good quality water, and and work on that for a couple of weeks, and then it may be you know you may not eat any vegetables in your diet. Depends. So then start adding one vegetable in you know yeah. with your meal, and then just. And you will you will start to see that um, that it will start to become a habit for you, mm-hmm. and then then you know you're ready to go to the next step. Okay, what's next? So everyone's very very different in that sense. But I and medication wise, if you're you know my mum is actually diabetic type two. She's a little Asian Chinese. So she's, I'm mixed. So I'm half mm-hmm. Chinese and half English. So my mum's Chinese, and she's very slim. Actually, she's and she. Um, She's type two diabetic, and she doesn't fit the normal Western um, Caucasian person who would be overweight, who would develop something called type two diabetes. And for those people who don't know about type two diabetes, it's where you know you produce a hormone called insulin from some some, an organ called the pancreas, Mm -hmm. um, which is released to help mop up all the sugar in your body when you eat sugar. And when you become that type two diabetic, what happens is that insulin is not working or doesn't seem to be working properly. Either it's not being pumped out properly or the receptors aren't picking it up to then mop up the sugar in the blood system. And my mum was started on medication, which I was supportive of and obviously very supportive her, with her health care p- provider, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's so important that you're so biased, you can't manage your family But with the help of her healthcare provider who was open and my mum was open, we managed to get her off the medication and, you know, her glucose control, sugar control is even better than it was when she was on the medication. So when she went for the follow-up, they were like, oh, they were so happy because they were like, oh, what are you doing? This is great. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to take the medication. That's fine. Um, So I was so happy that we were able to do that. Um, But and I want to say that it is possible. So to get off medication, it is possible. But you need to work with somebody who knows what they're doing and take you through those lifestyle changes and to monitor and check you regularly. So that if you are making those changes and you're diabetic, that do it with a healthcare professional. Because you need that regular glucose monitoring. Because if you change the lifestyle factors and no longer leave the medication, you could mm-hmm. almost drop your sugar too low. Yeah. So, you know, it's so important to, to, to make those changes and work together, you know, with a healthcare provider or or your, your regular doctor.
0: So the next one here is somebody has asked then what are the good source of protein one can eat?
1: Okay. Well, um I I do eat meat so and fish. So I, you know, do think it's a very good uh, source of protein. Um, but you want good quality, so grass-fed, organic, free-range as much as possible. And I would say, to, if you if you're not um, a vegetarian or vegan, then having one animal source of protein a day with one meal is very important. And because protein is important for the building blocks of your immune system, but also mm-hmm. for making your everything in your body, so it's so important to get that amount of protein. The amount of protein you need is zero point eight grams per kilogram of body weight daily and you don't need it all at once you have it in your three meals or two meals whichever you have and if you're um you know oily fish I recommend you have at least four times a week so they would be your sardines your mackerel anchovies um herring they're your small smaller fish and they're oily fish high in omega-3 so be wary when you cook them. Don't cook them on high temperature so you get all the benefits. Yeah, so like it, it works a bit like olive oil that we talked about earlier. Um, if you heat, heat up too much, then it can, it can change the good property of the oil yeah. that comes from the fish. And so it's really good to get that source of omega-3 for the body for you know, an anti-inflammatory effect and for your essential fatty acids, which is so important for your body's function. And, if, and that will help um, with your source of protein as well. um yeah go
0: on no no please i mean after you
1: so i was gonna say if you're vegetarian then you've got eggs um Mm -hmm. if you can if you if you can manage to tolerate eggs but if you're vegan then you need to be very wary if you're vegan that you get that amount of protein a a day i'm finding that you know patients who are vegan that they tend to be low in b12 because you can't get active b12 from a vegan diet and b12 is so important for you know lots of functions in the body and you may become anemic and low energy you can even get tingling or numbness Mm -hmm. in the legs with low b12 so it's so important that you need that amount or you supplement with b12 um, without getting into too much detail, that's the one that you need high acid in the stomach to be able to absorb well and digest the protein well. So if you mm-hmm. are supplementing, I would get one that you absorb underneath the tongue because mm-hmm. and that goes straight into the system Maximum, and it, and it yeah. bypasses the liver. So then it maximizes the absorption of the B12. If you take it orally and your acid's not high enough in the stomach, you won't absorb that B12. Yeah. No. So that's something to bear in mind. Um, but yeah, vegan okay. sources. So you need to be very on it with your vegan diet to make sure you get that right amount of And complete protein. So complete, complete protein. Yeah, complete protein. So you can look that up online. amino acids. Yes. You can look yeah. up, up online. There's loads of resources about, you know, where can I get my vegan protein? But you need to, because you need to make sure that you get, because although if you don't, then your immune system can be impacted your the white the white cell production as well is so important and you know especially now with covid you want to make sure that your immune system is working effectively
0: I know, I know. So I think Kartika here, she's asking that are pulses good uh, source of protein and for vegans, vegans you have already said, but mm-hmm. yes, I think pulses are very good source of protein, but only the thing is that, you know, like we have taught, we've been taught to, uh, from our grandmothers that you have to soak your pulses yes. for, you know, six to eight hours minimum to get mm-hmm. better absorption. What do you have to say uh, Dr. Leo on this?
1: Yes, so you might not break it down properly, you might not digest it well. So you do, you're absolutely right. Some people buy it tinned as well. I, I, if you don't, I would try and avoid tinned food, especially if your body is inflamed, because it tends to have sulfites in, that's preserved, preservatives. So you are, so it's so much better to be natural and soak them overnight, and then cook them the next day. And, you know, you need to help. It's, it basically soaks them to help the digestive system manage to digest that, the nutrients from that food.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And in case, you know, like we discussed on the first topic, that if uh, you are not able to digest the protein, uh, you know, if being vegetarian, uh, the enzyme, the digestive enzymes do help. We have a lot, lot of uh, natural source of uh, digestive enzymes as well. So one should go for those kind of things, and also I think Dr. Leah, I'll quickly like to add one more thing that you know uh, the protein depends upon the kind of workout or kind of growth you have. I mm-hmm. because you know kids they need more protein if you are working out and you're doing a lot of manual work, then you mm-hmm. need more protein. But if you're sitting down, you might not need more protein. So uh, yes, guys, please that is also a very important thing to watch. So moving on to the next question is keto gluten-free intermittent or paleo which is your favorite and you know which is the healthiest that's
1: a really tough one (laughs) so keto Was the keto or paleo or which one was our last one
0: uh keto gluten-free intermittent or
1: paleo um I think it's really tough. I'm not going to I'm not going to side with anything particularly, but I'm going to say that a combination of all of them is the right way forward. Um there I don't think anyone needs to go down a specific route. Maybe the keto aspect, healthy keto can be helpful to begin with to reset the body to, to learn how to burn body fat, especially if you're mm-hmm. overweight, and mm-hmm. you very inflamed. But then it's not, uh, you know, a lot of people may disagree with me, because they yeah. are they had such great results with keto. But I find that um, later down the line is unsustainable. And actually your body then may there's a risk theory and theory that it may because it's usually quite high in saturated fat as well but there's an in theory that your body will will never then be be resistant to being able to deal with sugar Mm -hmm. if you are on keto for such a long time so it's not something that i tend to recommend and i get such good results with patients if i put them on a couple of weeks of Mm -hmm. a keto adaptive tight diet and then reintroducing the um, the complex carbohydrates and they you know I get such good results that I you know and reduces the inflammation that I don't need to um, go and change anything else and they don't need long term keto that's
0: absolutely correct in fact I tell to my patients as well that you know all these diets are a therapy you know you should use it like a therapy if you want to switch something, you know, do a detox for some time. If you want to, you know, uh, want to reduce weight. I mean, all the kind of diet should be used for what uh, kind of results you want. But mm-hmm. it should not be a lifestyle. It should be uh, taken as a therapy. Do mm-hmm. it for sometimes, maximum for six months, then give a gap. And then again, you know, you can go back to uh, another kind of diet or something else. Yes. But, but
1: you know, all, the thing is all diets work. But, yeah. they don't, but then they don't because people tend to go back to yes. their original lifestyle. So yeah. I do think that it, it, it makes a difference. It's actually, you, you know, you can use it. And I would use it under the care of a professional because you, you tend to go too much. I, I see it time and time again. Pa- patients tend to take it too far. So then become mm-hmm. nutrient depleted. It affects their gut microbiome. And it can then have negative impacts on their health. Whereas they would have had positive impacts to begin with. Later down the line, mm-hmm. they would then become negative impacts.
0: Absolutely. In fact, there is a, uh, you know, research which also says that you know, uh, doing a diet for a longer time might shut down your endocrine and you know, uh, mess with your hormones as well because the mm-hmm. body will think that you are not getting enough calories to, uh, to you know, it'll stop all the other system to protect your digestion or to protect your uh, body. So yeah. yes, you might shut down your other system if you're not having um, the calorie or the food which is required for your body. So yeah, moving to the next question, we have a question about, um, you know, what do you recommend about kids' nutrition and uh, during, particularly during this uh, COVID time, you know, what mm-hmm. are the things which they should be having it every day uh, to keep their immunity strong and also to keep their mind active as well?
1: Hmm. Well, wow. so kids are challenging, aren't they? Because it's yeah. like- They that you can't, especially when they have they don't like something. And I would never force a child to eat, you know, as a parent. I'm not a parent, but you know, if you tend to say, Oh, you must eat something, they tend to uh, like act up, and then there's a definite no, and then it might be a tantrum. Also, so I would never force a child, I would make sure you put it on their plate. And have meal times with them. Mm-hmm. So you know, that helps, I think, together. And if they see you're eating it and everyone else is eating it, they're really more inclined do. to try it, maybe, and then they might mm-hmm. start liking it. And no, you know what? No one likes change. So they're like they're used to the foods that they were originally given sometimes. And yeah. then they don't like to try new things because who you know who likes change? But you know, naturally, Absolutely. I think human beings don't like it. And um, I would avoid the sugar. So kids, kids do need enough calories. So I would treat it very almost like what we talked about earlier, getting plenty of vegetables, good sources of protein and making sure they're hitting, like, you know, getting their protein content enough, having it with each meal, especially with their growth. And, you know, but sugar... I would avoid the sugary snacks and mm. and and try and get them to eat healthier snack options, so even like hummus and carrots or something yeah. like that, or something that's wholemeal, you know with the hummus or a dip or something as a snack, some nuts if you, if they can eat nuts. It is challenging, I agree, or a piece of fruit, you know a piece of fruit with peanut butter or something like that if they like that. Um, blueberries and it's better in the uk it's berry season so we've got a lot of berries and kids tend to love um, raspberries and strawberries and blueberries so that's a really good way of of getting their antioxidants up and the vitamin c but we i would probably you know look at for a good quality kids vitamin so that you can support their zinc levels as well Mm. and their you know vitamin d if they're not getting the sunshine especially during you know the covid um pandemic
0: yeah, that's absolutely right, doctor. Because you know, uh, during this uh, COVID times, the midst of the pandemic, we are tend, I mean, every- mostly kids, they are sitting down home, they're you know, having the pack of chips. So, convenience eating has become a part of our uh, routine. Mm. But uh, nutrition is very important because you know, all the certain kind of things, laziness, mental fogginess, mm-hmm. are the result of excessive sugar and the convenience eating. So, yeah, uh, I, I think you have uh, covered the entire thing that you have uh, supplements, vitamins, and your uh, kids' nutrition is very important. Colourful fruits in India. We have mm. mangoes, it, which is also full with a uh, lot of antioxidants and vitamin C. So, yes, uh, uh, food. There's a lot of
1: flavors. natural sweet, yeah, sweet things yes. that they can yes. eat, basically, so, other than yeah. the actual sugar or the sweet sweets that you can buy. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, So, you know, again, somebody has asked us about anti-aging and, you know, what (laughs) should one do? I think everyone has read your profile very carefully. That's why these questions are (laughs) okay. So anti-aging and what should one do to age gracefully?
1: Well, (laughs) I think hormones help for sure. Hormones definitely help. But, um, you know, it's, it's getting that balance of life right and not getting if you you need sun exposure but the face you need to protect um Mm -hmm. and there are things that you know that's not medical that's more i suppose aesthetic you know there's led lights now there's laser you can get and there's things that can boost your collagen production but i always say that you need to start from the inside so you must always have your digestive system healthy before Mm. you know that then and reducing inflammation in the body then yeah. that will help you age gracefully. Um, if you are inflamed, if you're drinking alcohol. If you're eating saturated fats um, and crisps and fried foods, then and lots of lots of refined sugars like you know white bread, white pasta, this is going to lead to um, aging poorly. Fast aging,
0: yeah. yes, and also processed food, which is yes. you know, a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here's a question, how to get all the nutrients and build your immunity if you are lactose intolerant?
1: Okay, well, lactose intolerant for those people who don't know, is when you eat, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to break down the lactose in milk, um, which is a sugar. So if you can't, and and milk and dairy products um, can have lactose in it. So you need, you can take an enzyme, so you can take lactase, or you can get a milk version, which is um, in the UK, anyway, for sure, you can get the milk that's got um, lactose removed, so you can have it. So it has all the benefits with the calcium that you need. Um, but what was the question was to do with protein? Was it? Or
0: okay, I just I think uh, immunity, overall immunity, Be- build your strong immunity if you are a lactose intolerant.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then you know that's only calcium. So making sure that you're getting your calcium.
0: Intake
1: yes. and then you just we talked about immunity earlier about the protein. That's not not, to, not anything to do with dairy So, you know lactase is mainly to do with um, milk and breaking down um, That lac- um lactose sorry lactose in milk. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, we're good with that then
0: Okay, we have another question. What blood test to be done to keep a check on all the nutrients and uh, Which are there in our body? Okay, which are there in our body?
1: So you can do lots of blood tests and what they tend to do, you can check all your B vitamins and even vitamin C. They have to spin the the sample and it it can be very expensive. So it's not something that I generally do very often. Um, What I tend to do is I, I mainly take your food diary and I then look at it over a week and I analyze how much nutrients you're probably getting from your food to then think, OK, maybe you need and also take into account your clinical symptoms to then decide, OK, you're probably lacking in these, these and these. So um, and and give you a course of supplements and see how you feel. And that, that's usually how I do it. But you can also do. Yeah, you can also do. I don't know about in India, but you can also, yeah. you, you know, you can check your B12 and folate, which is a regular thing that I check and vitamin D. But the rest of the vitamins, like Bs um, and Cs and everything else, think, I don't tend to spin, spin it down to see how much it's got in the cell because it, it is very, very expensive. Um, okay. But you can do it. If you've got the finances, then I think go for it. Get
0: tested. Why not?
1: Yeah. And the lifestyle...
0: You know, uh, we have, um, I mean, uh, we at our place, we do a lot of micronutrient and macronutrient uh, testing. And we also have uh, genetic uh, DNA testing as well. So these are also the method, you know, if uh, you really want to find out um, what exact uh, quantity you have. Apart from that, you know, Dr. Leah has said that, you know, uh, noting down your nutrition level is very important to...
1: You can do those as well in the UK as well, the functional tests. So that's the I'm talking about medical tests, but I would say functional, so integrative tests, which aren't regular conventional medical practices. You can test more micronutrients, like heavy metals, all those things in the urine or in like the hair as well. So you, you can check those. Um, so it is possible to get more of a breakdown and something more precise.
0: So guys, if you want to get in touch for your blood test and all, you can, you can always DM me and we have all these facilities. We have another question that what supplements can be taken that can help in hormonal pigmentation? Okay.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a challenging, because actually if you take hormones, I would try and understand what's going on behind your hormones. So I would do the genetic check as well and if you sometimes it's called, it depends what the cause is so you need to find the root cause of the problem but i there are some creams that you can use um as well um and making sure that your gut health is healthy as well and you're getting rid of those excess hormones if if it's an excess hormone issue um some women get it because they take the pill or I think you're mainly increased risk being of an Asian um, ethnic background. You get the pigmentation, I think, as well. And I do feel that there are skin treatments that you can do as well to reduce yeah. that pigmentation. I think, I think in
0: polycystic ovary and, you know, uh, these kind of things, I mean, people do get... Uh, um, you know a lot of pigmentation uh, because of the imbalances i think you're balancing your hormone is the right way with your lifestyle modification mm. and then going for other kind of uh, aesthetic protein. yeah yes, yes. but and but you need
1: to sort out the inside first yeah
0: exactly and i think uh, dr leah uh, the the safest thing to supplement yourself with vitamin c to start with is um, absolutely safe if you don't have any kidney problem i think what you uh, uh, i think that's that And you don't. One can do it. And you don't have too much iron.
1: So if you yes, that's so important. If you have too much iron in the body, and you supplement vitamin C, the iron can go even higher, and then it can make you feel really
0: unwell. Absolutely. So you know, uh, our session has come towards the end. So one question uh, which uh, we had just popped in our DM, which is, um, you know, one of the best advice you can uh, give. Uh, for nutrition and particularly during the lockdown which one can follow and get good results
1: (laughs) I would um I would get your exercise done early in the morning I know it's not nutrition but I'd get your exercise done earlier but I would have a, a bigger meal earlier on in the day and have a lighter meal in the evening and drinking two liters of water a day I know that seems and, – and, and I know we've talked about the other things about cutting out sugar. This is presuming that you've taken out the sugar already. Yeah, um, But I, it's, it's, so, it's so challenging to give one, one simple um, answer because everyone is, you know, at a different stage in their nutrition life than everyone else. So um, I would say just making sure that you're cutting out the sugars and eating balanced meals. And have your meal, I think, earlier on in the day and getting that sleep quality and drinking water. So that's what I would say, especially during these times.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Leah. It was uh, fabulous talking to you. And, uh, you know, we'll get in touch very soon again. Thanks so much. much, Have a great afternoon there. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much. It's been lovely chatting to you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, thanks. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye. A big, big thank you for all those who managed to listen to the end of the session, sending you warm wishes and good health. If this podcast has in any way motivated you to embrace your health, wellness and lifestyle, then don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to this channel. I love reading your comments, so don't hesitate and please send me your reviews, love and support. If you wish me to have some special guests over then, please drop their name in the comment section below. My team will make the magic happen for you. I will meet you in the next podcast with another amazing topic for you. Dr. D is now signing off. Until we meet again, stay healthy, live consciously and love endlessly.